The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Tom Brock is the special guest speaker. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, I'm Tom Susie. You know Susie probably more, but we're, we're Amy's mom and dad. And uh, we've been in ministry for um, just under 100 years. And uh, <laughs> we spend most of our time itinerating, speaking at different churches around the world. And we're actually leaving Tuesday for Europe. We'll be there for the month of May ministering around uh, mostly England and over to Switzerland for a few days and back. And um, we're blessed to be able to do this. We've pastored here in Ventura. We've planted uh, four churches over our lifetime. And uh, yeah, we like what we do, you know, working for the king. It's great. And, um, you know, Jesse, um, he's been hinting the whole time that he's been gone. If you notice in the letter, relationships, relationships. You know, I don't like to be told what to do. I'm rebellious, but uh, usually when people say, speak on this, I go, okay, I'll say, relationship. Now I spoke on it. Now let's move on. Okay. <laughs> what? What? No, because actually what I felt, <laughs> that's why we get along together on the road. You know, I say something, she comes up and fixes it later. But uh, it actually fits into what I felt like the Lord was saying that uh, we wanted to share with you guys this morning in this area of bringing our relationships to a point of maturity in the kingdom of God. A lot of times when people look at walking, what, you're looking at your watch already? Oh, what a brat. <laughs> Susie, would you go help with the children, please? <laughs> Bella, take your grandmother out. Okay. Um, you know, we, we look at church and we look at it more as a social interaction or a, a gathering than we do as an intimate relationship with what the Lord wants in our lives. And a lot of times people will come to serve the Lord out of necessity. You know, like people say, you know, uh, I think it was Dave Wilkerson said, nobody gets saved until they're desperate. And, you know, that's, it's a good thing. It's true. But that's not how we want to serve the Lord. We want to learn to serve the Lord out of love. Jesse spoke on the love languages, and I, I told him after church, I said, the problem is your wife and your, your mother-in-law, they're, they're fluent in five languages, you know, and, and, and many others. But in that, it, you know, you'll find that each one of us speak in a different language when it comes to the needs of our lives. And nobody wants to live in a life of desperation. Nobody wants to live on, I've got to have an answer. You know, that adrenaline of white-knuckle Christianity where we're holding on to everything and hoping and praying and wishing that God will come through. We come to church on Sunday because we don't want to get struck by lighting on, on, on Monday. You know, we want to see God, you know, happy with us. And that's why people dress up on Sunday. Well, not everyone. But, uh, you know, that, you know we, we, we try to get ourselves to a point where we put our best foot forward to look forward for the Lord. But in that, it is, it is a, a great mystery. And, and Paul speaks of it in Ephesians when he says, when I speak of marriage, I speak of a great comparison. I speak of Christ and his church. And in that, that's exactly what the Lord's given us is an opportunity on planet Earth to experience that love and that intimacy that he has for us. That it isn't out of, I've got to do this, it's I want to do this. I don't got to be with my wife, I get to be with my wife. I don't got to kiss her, I get to kiss her, right? And that's how that begins to work. If you look at, I've got to read my Bible, I've got to go to church, I've got to tithe, I've got to serve, I've got to, then that's all being compelled out of need and not out of want. 
And the Lord wants to transition that out of our hearts and bring us to a place of intimacy with him that when we gather together, I was glad when they said to come into the house of the Lord. Not because I gotta, but because I wanna. I love to be in the fellowship with Christ. I love worshiping the Lord. I love lifting my hands to him and singing praises to him. Not because, good, I don't get to go to hell, but because of his intimacy in my life of what he's done for me and what he does for me on a daily basis. And as, you know, the relationship grows more and more and more. And as we learn that we're, we're actually approaching the Lord in that way, then we can actually begin to enjoy our Christianity and not live in mandated Christianity. And that's a big difference. It really is. You know, how do we serve the Lord? How do we get to know him? What is that relationship based on? Well, it it is. Again, looking at marriage, it's just like when you got married. When you first met the person you married, most of the guys, let's just be honest, you go, I want that. You know, I mean, this is just what you're thinking. You know, you're looking along that level. You're not thinking of, wow, what an intelligent young woman. You know, it's like, you you know, I I was just talking in general, dear. You know, (laughs) you were very young. Okay, but this is it, you know. And if you, if you, you know, if you're, if you're honest in what you're dealing with, it's very superficial. You know, we always say the honeymoon's a lot, people build it up in, in a lot more than it really is. Because the honeymoon's usually pretty awkward, right? Think about it. Well, you know, you, you get married, you go out to your, you get your honeymoon place. You go, well, what do you want to do? Well, whatever you want to do. Well, are you hungry? If you are. You know, do you want to go to the movie? If you want to, because you're both too embarrassed to say, let's go back to the room. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, because you're not comfortable with each other. You're not in that relationship. But as you learn each other and you get to be with each other, then things change. There's a transition because you become familiar, you know, not flippant, but familiar with that relationship. And then you begin to learn how to be with one another. You know, it's like the first few years that Susie and I got married, um, you know, I'd buy her gifts and she'd go, oh, honey, that's so nice. Do you have the receipt? You know, <clears throat> and I just thought then that she just collected receipts. I had no, you know, <laughs> that she was taking everything back, wrong size, wrong color. You know, I thought she'd like the wetsuit. You know, I mean, this kind of an idea, you know, everything went back to the store and that was it. Well, we've been married this July. We'll be on 43 years. I don't have any problem with that anymore. You know, it's Gold, diamonds, pictures of dead presidents. She's really happy with that. Never runs it back to the store. That works out just fine. Because I've grown accustomed to her face. I've grown accustomed to her, her moves. I've grown accustomed. I could sing it for you. I've grown accustomed. But it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not because it was sit down and say, my favorite color is. I wear this size. I do this. It was just because we've become familiar because we've hung out with each other. And in the same way, that's how it is. Shared experience, guys. Shared experience breeds intimacy. And the more time you spend with each other, the more things you experience together, the more intimate you become. It's the same thing. I speak of a great mystery, but when I speak of marriage, I speak of Christ and his church. When you spend time with the Lord, not because you gotta, you know, how many of you guys, you know, have had that where you... It's Saturday, you will take me shopping. Or Saturday, we will do the cleaning of the house. It's Saturday, you will do the repair. You know, and you're sitting there going, please, Saturday, don't ever come. The Lord, please come back Friday night. You know, and, and you're, you're, you're kind of dealing with that. But that's not what it is. It's more of a, I want to do these things. I don't gotta. 
I wanna. And that becomes the format of the platform by which we wanna interact with each other and mainly with the Lord. Because you see, the Lord really has designs on you and he really, you know, if, for, if you think about it for a moment, if you think about the passion of God, do you think for one moment that the passion of this mighty God who spoke the world in creation, who created everything, all our senses, our smell, our taste, our feel, everything that we see with our minds and everything we experience with our bodies, do you think that that intimate, powerful God would say, hope you enjoy yourself for the next hour and a half in church? You know, it's like, oh, wow, well, we got white chairs, they're comfortable, cool. You know, and, and that's the ultimate of what we're trying to get. No, this God has his eyes on you. This God wants to release to you passion like you've never experienced before. When we talk about life, everything of the natural, Romans 1 tells us, everything in the natural realm expresses the spiritual realm. So when we see things happening, like with our physical bodies, those things that bring us freedom, things that brings us pleasure, the things that we smell and taste, that all depicts the personality of God. And he's saying, do you understand that I've given you physical examples that you might have a spiritual encounter? I want you to understand that when you lift up your hands to worship me, it is an embrace of the presence of God like nothing else before. You know, it's like kissing the one your heart loves. It's that falling in love like you've never fallen in love before. It's finding it. It's grabbing hold. In Songs of Songs, chapter 1, or chapter 3, it's in verse 1, it says this, All night long, the woman's speaking. She says, all night long, I looked for the one my heart loved, but I couldn't find him. So I got up out of my bed and I went and looked for him. And that's pretty much what we're talking about. See, sometimes when we come to church, we're all looking for an answer. We're all looking for something to hang our hat on. We're looking for something of substance and something of truth that we can say, I know that I know my Redeemer lives. I know that I know that God's alive. I know that I know that the truth is evident right here in this room. But I'm not going to sit here and play church and walk away going, oh, well, that was fun. Didn't last long, so hallelujah, I'm out of here. You know, and, and that's kind of the the rhythm that we get into, or they sing our favorite song, or, you know, whatever it may be. We have our idiosyncrasies that we, you know, that we call this is church. But when this situation is this, this woman, it says all night long in her bed, she looked for him. She made a decision. I am not going to go to bed frustrated one more time. And guys, I believe the Lord is speaking to the church today this. He doesn't want us to go to church frustrated one more time. I believe he wants to answer the prayers of our lives. I believe he wants to answer the needs of our heart, our emotions, our physical beings, whatever the need may be. He is the great I am, the God of every circumstance, the God of every need, that he will speak into our lives and bring liberty and freedom. He says, I don't want you to come and play church. I want you to come and have a deep and intimate relationship with me, that when you walk into this room and you begin to worship him, that the presence of God is so overwhelming in your own heart. I don't care what anybody else is doing, but in your own heart, you are experiencing the God who's alive, the one who is the lover of your heart, the one who's the lover of your soul that will reach out to you and meet the need, whatever it may be, and that we cannot settle for just pulling up the covers one more time. Now, <clears throat> we can't confuse Jesus with religion. Because, you know, Christianity as a religion sucks. You know that, don't you? It fails as a religion. It works amazingly as a relationship. 
And in that, that's the, the whole temperament of this congregation is relationship and fellowship. You know, I, I've shared with Jesse and Amy, you know, because this is what we do for a living. And the, for church not to start at church time is like, do you want to go to hell? What's wrong with you? You know, I mean, it's like th there's something wrong with this picture, you know. And so, you know, Amy says to me, Dad, Dad, that's, that's how we run it. And I go, well, but you're wrong, you know, but, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> and let me tell you, you know, but it, it, it's a really difficult thing. But truthfully, and we were talking about it before service, the, the environment of relationship breeds intimacy. But in the same way, it's not just so that we can all be best buds. It's that we can actually come in that same relationship with Jesus. That when we walk in this room, we're not walking in as needy people, but we're walking in as people who are celebrating the life of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who meets the needs within our lives. And it isn't a secondary, but it is the primary. And just as you do in a love relationship, I need to pursue the one my heart loves and not be settled for eh, flatline marriages, eh, flatline relationship, you know. You know, yeah, well, look, I said I loved you at the altar. What else do you want? You know, I mean, you know, I kissed you then. Leave me alone. You know, this kind of an idea. But we actually see the intimacy of the Lord growing in our hearts and that we pursue that relationship on a constant basis. So, like, when you write, when you read the Bible, it's not like you're reading, you know, your textbook, but you're actually reading love letters from your lover. And, and guys, you need to understand, that's how Jesus views you. He doesn't view you as a parishioner. He views you as the one he loves. You see, for God so loved the world, he gave his son, well, because he could tick it off the box. No, that you would not perish, but you would have everlasting life with him because he loves you. He loves you so much he died, and he loved you so much he rose from the dead. He loves you so much he sent his spirit that you might be brought into relationship with God. That's the whole idea. Do you know that, don't you? That in the very beginning in the garden, that was the whole story. See, God said, let's make man in our own image so we can hang out and have fellowship with each other and enjoy each other. Then it all went wrong, okay? And so after that, God said, don't worry about it. He's bruised your heel, but he's going to crush your head. I'm going to reestablish that relationship, and a price is going to be paid so that man can come back into right standing with me. It's a love story. And it's not a love story that's just, you know, and then, and then. But it's a love story built upon passion. A passion so much that people bled over it. Right? Jesus gave his life that we would come into right standing with God. So if that's the understanding of the passion, if that's the understanding of the investment, then you see that's what he's doing. He's calling us away. Come away with me, my beloved. Come away with me to the secret place. Come away with me to the secret chamber, that place that only lovers get to go. Let me whisper in your things, only in your ears, things that only lovers share. That's what he wants. You know, if you read the book of Songs of Songs, you know, make sure the kids aren't around and don't read it in the New Living or Message. Just read it in, you know, King James or something. But it's like, you know... <laughs> Because it's risque. But in that, you know, it, it's... Uh, yeah, don't watch it on video. But, you know, it, it is... It is that point of it's a true love story. It's a true love story. And see, this woman, as she was looking for the one her heart loves, she didn't settle for the status quo. Many of us in our walk with the Lord settle for the status quo. How's your marriage? Well, that's good. You know, we only fight every now and then. 
She hasn't killed me yet. <laughs> Success. You know, and, and, and that's kind of how we view it, right? But really, listen carefully. Good is the enemy of best. Understand me? You know, you may have a good marriage. You have good kids. You may have a good job. You may have a good fellowship. But I got news for you. God is jealous for a better relationship with you. And he's calling to each and every one of us to get up, get out of our bed, and to go and pursue him and find him. And just like this woman, it says that when she found him, she grabbed hold of him and she wouldn't let go. All the way through that scripture, from verse 1 all the way down, it says this, I looked for the one my heart loved, not for the one I craved for, not for the one I had need from, not the one that I lusted for. It's the one my heart loves. And guys, I believe the Lord wants to release to each and every one of us that intimacy, that place of life, that place of freedom, to bring us to a point that we have a reason to praise. Not because I gotta, but because I wanna. Because I'm blessed by what he's done in my life. I'm blessed by the healing that he's done for me. I'm, I'm blessed by that sacrifice he made on the cross. And that we actually come to a point that there's a reason to come to church. There's a love letter. And I'm going to listen to what's being said and how I can understand my lover better by hearing those words and hearing those letters and reading them over again and seeing what the the hidden things are. I mean, now we use email, so it's not, you know, as romantic as getting a letter in the mail and looking for the hidden meetings, right? Now it's just, there it is. But I believe the Lord wants to let the scales fall off our eyes and off our hearts and bring us to a place of freedom. Some of you have been sick and tired for a long time. Some of you have been carrying burdens and mental oppression and things on your heart that have stolen your joy. And just like in marriage, when you have hurts and you have disappointments and you have fears, sometimes, you know, it's, I always compare it to going to the dentist. You know, nobody wants to go to the dentist. I mean, it's not like, oh, tomorrow, let's go. You know, it's, nobody plans that. You know, it's like that. What we'll do, we actually make adjustments. If you have pain on this side, what do you do? You just chew on the other side, right? And you chew on that side till it hurts so bad, you will move to the front and you're chewing there. And then eventually, okay, we're going to do soup. And, and that's how that works, right? And, you know, and it's only when you're dying of malnutrition that you finally make a decision that you're going to do something. Because most people will not change to when to the pain of remaining the same supersedes the pain of the change, right? But if you go, it's amazing you got a whole mouth that you can actually use and not just the front. And in the same way, we, we, you know, for us to learn to live in the status quo, God's saying this, I never intended for you to have a mediocre gathering with me. I never intended for you to have just a good time. What I've had you to come to is the best time. That every time we walk into this room, that the presence of God falls on us. That we sense his healing. We sense his touch. That the problems we're dealing with, the issues that we're dealing with, that we make a decision that we're not going to pull up the covers one more Sunday. But we're actually going to get up and say, come Holy Spirit, touch my life and set this captive free. Take these things off my mind. Take these things off my heart. I'm not going to be a prisoner anymore. I really want to grab hold because I know your intentions for me are for good because you love me. You love me. You're not here to beat me up. You're here to love me. You're not here to punish me. You're here to heal me. You understand? That when we see him, we don't panic. Oh, no, here comes God. Clean thoughts, clean thoughts. You know, we don't do that. But we actually relax and go, woo-woo, here comes my Savior. Here comes my Redeemer. Here comes the one who's come to set me free. 
What's he going to do? It's only good. Do we have to hype it up? Do we have to pump it up? Come on forward. We'll pray for you and push you down. It works. You know, is, is that what we're looking for? No. We're looking for the presence of God to come and touch every single life. Well, you don't know the problems I had. I don't need to. He does. You know, I, I, I'm not the judge of, well, you know, you're right. That you, you, that you stepped over the line, you're out. No, he, he doesn't do that. There's nothing too great for him to take care of. There's nothing too deep that he can't reach. There's nothing that is going on in your life or anything you have done that Jesus can't turn around and grab hold of you and say, I got you. I've got you. The relationship that counts is the one between you and him. He doesn't want you just to have him as fire insurance. I don't want to go to hell, so Jesus come into my heart. Amen. That's not what he's looking for. He's looking to have a productive relationship within you. And you, you know, it's like, how many of you thought you knew everything when you got married? And six weeks later, you think, what the hell was I thinking? You know, <laughs> right? True? Remember? But now look. Like, we, we kid around now. We, we just tell, when we, when we do marriage retreats, we tell people, yeah, we, we've been married long enough that we, we look at each other, we get mad, we're going to fight, then we realize, no, if I say that, she's going to say this, and she'll say that. And we're just going, ah, forget it. I'm not, it's not worth the effort. You know, we know right where we're going to come at, you know, at the end of the day. It's not to be a routine by route relationship. It's to be new and fresh, every exciting. It's supposed to be igniting in our lives moving from a good to best. And the cool thing about Jesus, the more you see today makes it better tomorrow. And the more you're embracing him today, the more healed you get. I'm not a big uh, computer geek, but I, I tell you, you know, I know like from the days when I remember a friend of mine was visiting and he goes, well, let's go on the internet. And we turned it on. Said, we'll come back in two hours when it boots up. You know, you know, it's like, you know, and that's how it was, you know. And now, oh, this woman especially, I didn't get an instant answer. It's going to the moon and back. You know, give it a second, you know. But, you know, that kind of an idea. They, we're so frustrated. But that technology back then allows us the technology today. In the same way, in the same way. What you learn today about Jesus, the intimacy you learn about him today will allow you a deeper intimacy tomorrow. The journey never ends. That's not to frustrate you, but to encourage you that his mercies are new every morning. And he wants to bring that place of healing. And as we've sat here with you, when, when we get to be with you, you know, I, I just, I know it's, it's Jesse and Amy's heart that they want to see a congregation that aren't captives. They want you to enjoy the freedom of Jesus. They, they want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. That you invite people to come here not because you're mad at another church or you can't find any other place to go or whatever else to do or because, well, they're out early enough, that's not a problem, you know, that kind of an idea. But that you say, come on, let's gather together. Let's rejoice with the saints of God of what God's done in our life. Let's sing the songs of redemption. Let's praise him. So then there's a reason to praise, right? Right? Noah can say, we're going to sing this. You go, why? It's like there's an old song that Vineyard used to do, you know, refiner's fire, create within me, you know, and then he says, melt me, mold. It's like, shut up. I don't, I'm not looking forward to that. Melt me down. I'm out. You know, it's like, that isn't fun. But when we realize that what's going to happen is the two become one in him, then what, what this will be molded into will be amazing. And Jesus wants to bring freedom. Jesus wants to be life. 
This isn't a gathering of religion. This isn't a gathering of a club. This isn't just another a social event. But this is the people of God coming together and say, what do you want of me, Lord? How can I be a better lover? I want to pursue you. And, you know, it's, it's, it's true, guys. We have to do that. We have to pursue the one our heart, lo- heart, lo- heart loves. Love is a pursuit. It doesn't stop on your wedding day. You know, it doesn't stop five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, etc. It's an ever-growing, increasing love. God never runs out. Aren't you glad you didn't quit 10 years ago or 20 years ago? Aren't you, you know, and I'd say, oh, man, you're amazing. I had no idea. Same thing with Jesus. The more we learn about him, we have no idea of the value of what he'll bring into our lives. I think the Lord would just invite us to come to that place of freedom. If we call upon the Lord, he is faithful and just to heal and to forgive and to bring freedom. He doesn't want you to be, you know, under that same issue. You know, most of us should become sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's really what we need to do. And so sick and tired that we're actually deciding we're going to go to the dentist. And the cool thing about Jesus, he's pretty painless. He can touch your life and bring healing to your heart. All we have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. How do we do that? Well, I don't know him very well. Well, guess what? That's part of that love relationship. How is he going to talk to you? Well, in King James, of course. You know, no. How is he going to talk to you? He's going to talk to you just like you talk. How is he going to relate to you? Just how you relate. You know that? You know, when, when we go in different places in the world, I'm shocked that God speaks Portuguese. You know, I'm shocked that he speaks Swiss. Really, really shocked there. But, you know, it's like, you know, I, I'm shocked that God actually fits into every culture and every temperament. You know, to the computer geek, to the surfer. You know what I mean? He, he speaks all languages. He speaks all cultures. And he, he bridges every gap. You don't have to become something you're not. All you have to do is to be honest to God. And if you're honest to God and say, you know, Lord, I got some issues. There's some things that are going on in my heart. There's some things that are going on in my brain. You know, and they're pretty crazy. Man, I, I find anger. I find frustration. I have unforgiveness. I have bitterness. I have ambition. I have that, 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 that. Lord's going to go, well, if I would have known that, I would never talk to you. No, he, he says, I know. Let me take care of that for you. We can fill that cavity. We can replace that problem. We can fix that for you. You don't have to live as a prisoner anymore. Call upon his name, and he is faithful and just to bring forgiveness and healing. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring liberty to our hearts. We don't want to be members. We want to be lovers. That's what I think God wants to speak to us about relationship. I think he wants to speak to you in your love language. Maybe right now you can maybe just do a quick inventory. You know, this shouldn't be a big heart-searching thing because most of us, they're right here staring us in the face all the time. True? He's not going to reject you. He's not going to throw you out. But he brings deliverance to your heart. He brings deliverance to your home. I want to speak over you just prophetically and just allow the Holy Spirit just to begin to move right now. Some of you are dealing with, you know, you're dealing with just strained relationships because of things of the past. 
and things have just held you captive. And you're even afraid. It, it looks like extreme thin ice. And you're afraid if you step out, you know, it's like, well, I just better step where I am because at least it's floating. You know, it may be an iceberg going out to nowhere, but it's floating. I believe the Lord would send rescue to you this morning. He'd reach out and he'd touch your heart and he'd bring deliverance to you. And all you have to do is just be honest to God. Say, Holy Spirit, come. I bring those things, that, 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 that fearful thing that's holding me back, stopping me from loving like I know I should love, stopping me from giving like I know I should give. Come, Lord. Would you bring deliverance to my heart this morning? Would you bring freedom to my heart this morning? Would you take away the pain? Would you bring restoration and healing to me? And Lord, would you cover me with your life? I want to be what you created me be, not what the world's made me. Lord, I want to speak forgiveness. Yeah, and I think for some of you, you've been prisoners of either other people's accusations or even things that have held you captive. You're in your own unforgiveness. And I think the Lord just wants to bring just his oil and soften your heart right now and to bring life and to bring freedom to you. That you'll no longer live on that harshness of judgment. Either that which has tainted your heart so much that you spew it out or that which has been spoken into you that has crushed you. We break that harshness we break that judgment we break that unforgiveness right now in jesus name come holy spirit bring life clear it father i come against all those words that have been spoken against you all those curses that have been spoken over you we break its hold right now in jesus name and speak life and we speak freedom. Lord, cleanse us. Take off those chains. Take off that heavy yoke. We don't want to be prisoners anymore. And then for those of you that are, you feel like you've been on the outside, peripheral, I believe the Lord would speak this for you today. I hear him singing a love song for you. He's singing a love song. He's saying, come away with me, my beloved. Yeah, I did it for you. I love you. I care about you. I'm singing over you. I love you. But Lord, you know, yes, I do know. Lord, you don't, yes, yes, I do. And I love you. Lord, we draw a line of demarcation this morning that we will no longer live as prisoners of the past. But today we say, I do. And we merge our hearts with you, not because we gotta, but because we wanna. We come to you this morning and we say, come Holy Spirit, create within me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. I want to be brought into your presence and know you like I've never known you before. I want that intimacy. I want to grow with you. I will not go home frustrated one more time. But I grab hold of you and I will not let go. I will not let go. I'm grabbing hold of the one my heart loves and I'm going to pursue you for freedom. 
Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring life. Bring freedom. We're just going to worship for a moment as Noah gets ready here. But, you know, we're going to sing that song that talks about no longer being a slave to fear. And that's, that's really what I think the Lord wants to speak. You know, nobody wants to live in fear. Oh, if I do the wrong thing, get over it. You will. Okay. But let's, let's, let's begin that cleansing of the Holy Spirit over our hearts right now. When I ask you to stand up, don't stand up because it's time to stand up. But you know what? Hey, here I am, Lord. Touch me. Here I am, Lord. I'm calling out to you. I don't want to be a slave to fear. I don't want to live in that state of damaged goods anymore. You opened up the sea and I walked right through it. You brought restoration to my fears are gone. That's what I'm declaring today, that I want to live in liberty. I want to live in freedom. And I want to be a lover. Okay? Can we do that? So Holy Spirit, bring deliverance as we sing. Bring liberty as we sing. Show your power. Show your passion. And set your people free in Jesus' name. Amen. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Tom Brock was the special guest speaker. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. That website address again is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you and yours.